0: Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. I hope you are doing well and getting set for a fun weekend ahead for whatever it is that you may be doing. I wanted to get uh, back on CincyJungle.com's Facebook live page and talk a little bit about the, uh, what the Bengals are doing, how things are looking, and what seems to be ahead as the Bengals are concluding mandatory mini, mini camp this week. Uh, The big news really, um, I mean, I I guess on the negative front if you want to knock that out first, and by the way, if you have some questions or comments, leave them here. I'll try to get to some here. Um, The big news really is obviously Jonah Williams and how uh, what what the injury there is. Um, There are indications it might be a back tweak. Um, It doesn't seem to be something as of yet that is very serious. Um, it, It seems to be something that is... Um, you know, there's no crutches, there's no slings, there's nothing like that. So that, uh, I guess, on one hand is is a good sign, but there's also some uh, talk that the Bengals haven't even had him speak with the medical staff yet. Um, so there's kind of a lot of mixed signals there, but that's kind of one of the big pieces of news, along with Clint Bowling also still rehabbing and, and being out of the lineup. So that has caused a shuffle on the offensive line different players are doing different things playing different spots that sort of thing so um you know it's kind of uh it's been a positive because it has allowed the Bengals to play certain players at different spots and really try and figure out the the best formula especially with the guys who are healthy um, and and see what they have especially at the reserve spots but there are still some concerns about the the offensive line and they really need to build some cohesiveness um this off season if the Bengals are going to do anything worth of note on offense in 2019 because that's where it's going to start um matt matt schultz says jonah seemed fine on wednesday at the taste of the nfl that's thanks matt schultz um good to know that um i unfortunately was not there uh but the that 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 is a good sign it's also a good sign that the team would have him be there um you know if if there was something seriously wrong or something they were trying to really keep under wraps, I would think that they would um you know, probably not have him attend an event like that, or at least not attend for very long. And, you know, this may be something just where Zach Taylor's setting a precedent in terms of how he's going to handle injuries and how he's going to uh, divulge information to the media on that front during his time in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, that just kind of depends uh, on how you look at it, but it uh, doesn't seem to be too serious and... Um, You know, fortunately for the Bengals, they may have dodged a bullet, but we have yet to get official confirmation on that. The other thing that um, you know, speaking of Zach Taylor and setting precedences, I—if you really look at all the headlines, you look at the quotes from the players, and and you know, kind of what their experience has been over the past. Uh, really the past couple of months between voluntary OTAs and these mandatory mini camps, it's the energy level. The energy level is definitely ramped up, uh, and it's not just on the offensive side of the ball. It's not just Zach Taylor. It's throughout the enti- it's permeating throughout the entire staff. It's permeating throughout the entire roster. Uh, There's a recent article on Bengals.com from uh, a good friend, Jeff Hobson, who you know, he talked to Sean Williams and he talked to A.J. Green, and they both said uh, on their respective sides of the ball, it's unpredictable um, in a good way. It's unpredictable in terms of what's going to be called, what they're prepping for. Basically, everybody's on their toes, um, and and I think that that is a good thing um, because if there's one thing we have uh, been angry about in the Marvin Lewis era, it's in the fact that they kind of are stubborn in terms of sticking to a game plan. They do not make halftime adjustments. They do not make in-game adjustments. So hopefully this this fresh set of eyes this fresh approach it sounds like it's it's kind of doing uh at least on offense it's doing that on defense it's almost kind of the exact opposite right last year Terrell Austin um was it was kind of criticized for being a defensive coordinator that threw too much at one time and even in one game where he would switch things up and do things that they hadn't even really been practicing. Um, And, uh, you know, it cost him him games. So, uh, you know, when you hear guys like Sean Williams, who was coming off a great year last year statistically, uh, when you hear him saying, you know, he's rejuvenated, A.J. Green is rejuvenated, you've heard things, um, you know, from all kinds of different players. Jesse Bates recently chimed in on some some of the stuff. Um, You know, so... There is a lot of positivity coming out of Bengals minicamp right now. We'll talk more about that in a second. Go ahead and leave some questions or comments. I'll be here for a few more minutes. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Talking to you on uh, this this Friday as the Bengals have concluded mini camp, and um, really the, the the big buzz around camp and around the city is the fact that this team uh, seems to be rejuvenated and seems to be um, renewed in terms of its energy level, the approach by the coaching staff, and that has um, you know trickled down quite a bit uh, throughout the entire roster now. What's kind of interesting, you know, I was kind of a a person who was very critical. I Well, not very critical, but I guess I was very skeptical in terms of some of these hires that Zach Taylor brought in, right? You have Brian Callahan, basically an unproven offensive coordinator. There was the debacle of trying to find the defensive coordinator throughout the entire offseason. The Bengals finally, I don't know if you want to call it, settled on Lou Anarumo, but Um, Bengals, you know, landed, landed him. He has not been a defensive coordinator at the NFL level, but there's, there are pluses with that as well. Uh, And even Jim Turner, a guy who is kind of a checkered character past, there are, uh, there are pluses to these guys as well that are kind of going overlooked, right? So Jim Turner, all of the baggage, all of that kind of stuff. Sure. um, Obviously has some kind of good prowess as a as an offensive line coach otherwise he would not be a coach at the pro college levels for as long as he has been but the other thing is the energy level you hear him talk you hear him address the media you hear him talk about his position groups that guy is wired and uh, you know he may come off a little bit as a different personality but um he is a guy that it obviously exudes energy exudes high energy and that rubs off on his position group right so you have the and then you have the younger guys zach taylor and brian callahan two guys who are young i guess hungry to prove themselves as well and bringing a fresh approach as opposed to some of these coaches who have been on the Bengals staff for a long time or, or were on the Bengals staff for a long time and Marvin Lewis and company. So, um, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, you look at it and it's it's not just the head coach. It's the head coach. It's the offensive coordinator. We, do, we talked a little bit about Sean Williams um, talking about the defense and Lou Anarumo. J- Jesse Bates is praising Lou Anarumo as well. So there are... Um, there are uh, a lot of different um, reasons to be excited uh, Joe Joe Clyer says my shirt is ripped I know it's right here I know I appreciate it Joe appreciate you looking out. I've been at the pool today so I'm not really um, I'm not really worried about my attire I, I was more worried about taking me. Uh, getting some information to you all, Um, but I appreciate you looking out. I'll I'll try and get that stitched up for you. Thanks, Joe. Um, Andrew Bam Greer says, I'm excited about the running backs this year. That, I think, should be uh, one of the most talented groups on this team uh, in, in 2019. Obviously, you have Joe Mixon, you have Gio Bernard, um, you know, complementary strengths. Uh, Joe Mixon is one of, uh, is becoming quickly one of the most complete backs in the NFL. If you are on Twitter, Brian Baldinger did a nice video breakdown of Joe Mixon recently, talking about how he is a very well-rounded back and should be, um, you know, one of the top performers if he stays healthy this year for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of statistics, especially in this system. Right? They're gonna they're gonna go run heavy. They're going to do some things in terms of scheme play calls that will benefit uh, Joe Mixon I think you know you do the zone stuff you do the outside outside reads and and whatnot I think that will kind of play to his strengths Gio will do his thing as a versatile guy and then you got the two new guys Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson two guys who I think were steals in this year's draft Travion Williams has already done some nice things in camp Rodney Anderson obviously a guy who uh, is still rehabbing an ACL injury, but um, you know if he comes back, is healthy, and is anywhere near the guy he was in college, the Bengals got to steal there. So, I think that um, you know that's uh, that is a position group to really be. Um, excited about this year uh Brandon uh, Wasinski says what's your assessment of our D-line's ability to pressure the QBs this year um I would have liked it a lot more if they had Gerald McCoy I'm not gonna lie to you about that I, I think that that was a guy that really could have brought uh, I guess attitude I guess um a lot of excitement it could have it really could have been it could have been a potential franchise changing type of move um, it might have been an overpayment especially for a rental deal when year rental deal like he signed with Carolina um, I'm relieved that McCoy did not land in the AFC North but uh, I think a guy like that to rotate in even if it is paying that much for a, a heavy rotational guy I think that would have um, done a lot of good things for this team this year I mean figure it out you play you play Ben Roethlisberger twice a year. Everybody's on the Baker Baker Mayfield bandwagon, so you play him twice a year. Now you got Lamar Jackson, a, a nimble quarterback who who showed some good things last year in Baltimore. You play him twice a year. Um, you know, getting after the quarterback is going to be paramount. Uh, especially for that Cleveland team that everybody thinks is going to, you know, run away with this division with all the weapons that they have on offense, having a, a guy to kind of neutralize some of that in Gerald McCoy uh, would have been nice. However, he's not here. We've got to move on. I, I still think there's a lot of talent on this defensive line. Um, you know, it starts obviously with Atkins and Dunlap. Basically, those guys are good for about 20 sacks a year. I mean, that combined. Um, I mean, that's pretty much what they've been doing ever since 2010. Uh, so I mean, you can kind of more or less count on that. I think you're going to start to see a decline, maybe not this year, but maybe, maybe in 2020, you're going to start to see that age kind of catch up with those guys a little bit. Sam Hubbard showed some nice things last year. I don't know that uh, he is in every down defensive end, but, um, you know, he's going to get a shot. Carl Lawson, you know, a guy that uh, plays well when he's in the lineup, but, uh to be uh, he's got to be a guy that um uh, you know he's got to be a guy who's healthy and ready to go out there so um you know from from all of those standpoints uh there's a lot of talent obviously the Bengals have basically used some high picks on some of those guys what I, where i worry about with the defensive line Geno atkins last year to me towards the end of the year looked a little gassed um and, and you know the guy that's kind of forgotten in this mix is Ryan Glasgow. And when he went down, you noticed that Gino Atkins' his his production was still solid, um, but you, he had to take more snaps maybe than um, you would have liked to have seen. Um, granted, you want him out there as much as possible, but still, you got to spell these guys somewhat. And um, you know, I, I don't think that that was as much of an option then. As you got went in later to the year, there's all these. Cycling of different players and then Christian Ringo was in there and some other guys that ended up They kept getting hurt So, um, you know, I worry a little bit I guess about the depth I worry a little bit about Carl Lawson coming back from injury and, and being effective, but for the most part I think the talents there um, <clears throat> Seen a bunch of other questions and comments um, uh, Let's see here uh, Chances, Robert Obrecht says, chances are they sign Green and Boyd before camp. I've said this for a while. Um, I think that what they end up doing, and maybe what they should end up doing, I, I don't know, but what they end up doing is maybe tagging, tagging one of them and signing one of them long term. Um, an argument can be made uh, Meaning franchise tagging them next year and then signing getting one of those deals done this summer now an argument could be made For either or right. I mean was Tyler you know, Tyler Boyd had it had a decent rookie season kind of had a, a slump in his second season had the breakout third year so now you go okay was that kind of an anomaly because green was out towards the end of the year um, Eifert was out, all that kind of stuff or is he starting to show that he is a, uh, a 1B or a 2A type of receiver in the NFL truly and I think he is but um, some of those guys get paid more than maybe they should or um, you know, I, I don't know. So an argument could be made that maybe you tag Boyd next year, you sign AJ Green to uh, you know a deal that keeps him in Cincinnati for the rest of his career. You let Boyd kind of play on that franchise deal, and then you work and potentially work another contract next year. Vice versa can make sense, right? Um, you sign the younger guy and Boyd long term, and you kind of see what you get from AJ this year. You franchise AJ one more time, see if he can still perform at a high level. So I I think maybe that's the route you go uh, or, or they will go. But I mean, in an ideal world, they would like to get, I'm sure they would like to get both of those guys done long term. Here's my thing. I think I, I, there's no, there's not really a reason for them not to be able to do that, right? They, did, they weren't overly active and outside free agency. They didn't sign Gerald McCoy recently that would have cost him a lot of money. They have explained to fans through bangles.com and, and other areas that they specifically don't do that because they want to retain their own guys before they hit free agency. So there is no reason, no real reason other than them potentially lowballing or being, I hate to use the word cheap, um, for them not to be able to have uh, to hold on to those guys, both of them, or not get those deals done this summer. We've seen that, but you know, we've seen them spend a lot of money in summers before. Last year, they they extended both Atkins and Dunlap and spent a lot of money there. So um, you know, that's. Uh, it, It definitely can happen. I expect at least one of them to get done this summer. We'll just see which one it is. Again, this is Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bangles podcast and, of course, CincyJungle.com. We're on CincyJungle.com's Facebook Live right now. We're going to get out of here in just a couple of minutes. Um, In case you're new to CincyJungle.com, you can definitely keep it to that site for all the news, opinions, analysis. All kinds of cool stuff on that site. And then, of course, our podcast, which is the official podcast of that site and part of the SB Nation Network, can be found wherever you get your podcasts, Apple. Um, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone. Um, we have a YouTube channel, so, uh, you know, subscribe to that if, if you are into podcasts and like hearing about the Bengals. I do that show along with uh, John Sheeran, who is a fellow contributor at CincyJungle.com. Um, Jason Hughes asked what's going on with the a- Alabama offensive line draft pick. I talked about that earlier, Jason, so um, hit rewind, buddy. Uh, I think this is gerald christian how how dangerous can our offense be if we uh if we i believe the it was meant to say block with Zach Taylor's scheme um incredibly dangerous, incredibly dangerous. you saw the Rams what the Rams were able to do again, I caution Bengals fans if you are expecting this the Bengals offense to be as potent as the Rams offense was last year. Maybe temper your expectations a little bit. I think that can definitely be the ceiling. There's talent there. Andy Dalton could play at a Jared Goff level. Joe Mixon could play, maybe not at, but very near a Todd Gurley level if he's healthy and things go right. Um, you know, they've got Gio Bernard. They've got A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Tyler Boyd. If John Ross takes a nice step forward, there's a lot of weapons there. That's that's for sure. There are some good players on the offensive line, and to the Bengals' credit, over the past two off seasons, they have spent a lot of capital on the offensive line, but um, there are question marks, right? We talked about Jonah Williams being injured. I don't think that's a long-term issue, but we'll see. Clint Bowling, I think, is still one of, if not the most talented offensive lineman that they have, and he hasn't been on the field. Some people are worried about his future. Uh, Cordy Glenn, how would he do at left guard, a position he has never played in the NFL? Played it in college, so you know there are a lot of question marks. But if the blocking holds up, I think this this offense can be very dangerous. You look at what the Rams did last year in their offense. They had Whitworth. They had Roger Saffold. John Sullivan. I mean, they they had a lot of good offensive linemen there, and they played well. They did a lot of different things, and it got them to a Super Bowl. Um, so, I, I think the big thing for the offensive line. I've said this on on the show. I said this earlier on this episode. I've seen it. I've re- I've talked about it on the website. Cohesion is the key, and I think once the Bengals identify the best five at the best five offensive linemen at their respective best five spots. They'll be able to create something that will be uh, very dangerous on offense. I think if the Bengals are slightly above average on on the offensive line, even even average-ish, average-ish to above average, I think you're going to see a good season from from the Bengals, especially on offense. I think if it's a little more the same of last year, 2017, um, you know, uh, those two seasons. I think if if, if it's closer to that. I think uh, the Bengals are in for a long year. I think uh, right tackle Bobby Hart's going to be the big one to look at, and, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm going to get out of here in just a second, but uh, Eric guess real quick, um, just to rehash that, do, do you think we fixed the defense through the draft? I, I don't know if the Bengals' defense will be fixed. I think it will be better. And I think part of the problem, there, there were two problems last year. Injuries were big, obviously, to many, many starters. And then the other issue is that, as I mentioned earlier in this in this little uh, video here, they got thrown too many things too quickly. Oftentimes in the same game, they tried to switch things up too quickly and guys got basically confused. Or um, you know they were running things that they didn't really do in practice. So I think from that standpoint, I you know I think from from all of that um, you know you're going to see a defense that is a bit more disciplined maybe they don't make the the interceptions and the turnovers that they made those big plays they made early last season maybe they don't make as many of those but um, I think you're going to see some more sound tackling I think you're going to see guys in better spots they're going to be able to get off the field a little more frequently and that in turn obviously helps the offense and, and point opportunities there so um that that's kind of my take on the defense, and you're hearing a lot of good things from Drake Kirkpatrick, Jesse Bates, um, William Jackson is is energized. I mentioned Sean Williams. Uh, all those guys have have said a lot of good things. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. But uh, the the bottom line is the Bengals have done done a lot of good things through these first couple of camps. There are some injuries to worry about, but for the most part, the players seem re-energized, and that is good news based on what's happened. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis. Check out our podcast while you're at it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a fun and safe weekend.